0: Syria fans everywhere, from our nation's capital, this is Cool America.
1: Welcome back, Curve Americans and Podcast Paisani. It's been a week or two since our last get-together. How are you guys doing now that summer has begun?
2: Marco and Tad. Doing real well, Chris. I'll tell you what, though. This summer heat, is it possible that it's already this freaking hot and muggy? D.C. weather, man. We're, D.C. is just a hotbed of
1: hotness.
0: Yeah. <laughs> hot take right there. Just like this room. <laughs> yeah. No, uh uh... It is. It's 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 pretty dirt nasty. Pretty hot It seeps in your bones. Um, I was in Chicago this past week and uh, just as hot out there. Hotter hotter than the Dickens. And staying in like the old school, uh, uh, you know, brick townhouse type of things they have there. I stayed in Logan Square with a friend, the other Marco. Um, And you know, just the the, no AC everywhere. It's you know, kind of felt like being back in Rome.
1: Well, we'll take it. Uh, I love this weather for what it's worth. I'll I'll take this over 75 and sunny or 30 degrees and cold. I I love the heat. So it's like I must be the Sicilian roots or something.
0: It's weird. It's weird. I I mean, for me, you know, I'm always a sweaty guy. So when it's really hot and everyone's sweaty, I can kind of blend in a little bit. But I'm just equally uncomfortable. Plus, I also have a huge uh, fear that I have visible swamp ass at all times.
1: Yep, that's a a valid concern. So let's uh, start looking ahead, guys. We've got summer has begun. What are your plans this summer? Anything to beat
2: the heat? I'm looking at going to Hilton Head with the family in a couple weeks. I know that sounds really, really pleasant. But I mean, I'm just looking forward to the Roma tour, uh, the U.S. tour this summer. And, you know, we're going to be doing some stuff for that. I think we'll talk about that a little bit later, but just super excited. Detroit is wonderful this time of year. <laughs> <laughs>
0: on, a, on a Wednesday in, yeah. in, in July, yeah. No shade to Detroit. Um, I hear that the city is wonderful and making a comeback.
1: I am um, looking forward to it, because I've seen that, too. I do want to see the city for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess there's a lot of tattoos and street art. Like It's, yeah. it's, it's funky now. Um, but yeah, I'm going to watch a lot of baseball, um I went to a Cubs game on Saturday with my sister. Um going to a Cubs game this Sunday in Pittsburgh. Um and then then the Cubs are in town f- against the Nationals and usually uh Fabio and I go to every single game. Um, I'll be at
2: that game too. Well there's
0: 3 of them. Which one are you coming to?
2: The one on The Nationals one? The one on the Yeah, the Nationals one next week. <laughs>
0: all right well we'll see you there standing room only because fabio refuses to buy a seat we have to stand at the red porch all, all, all game and like <laughs> yeah. last year was a 14 inning game we were standing there and i was like all right i, I just got to see this to the end um but no i was gonna spend a lot of time in nats park hey maybe we'll make another uh road trip up to camden chris ross we'll take check, that check that out yep
1: prettiest ballpark on the east coast in my opinion agree with that I uh, have some other plans, guys, Uh, being from the great state of New Jersey. Asbury Park is on the list. I'd like to go. uh, They got summer music festivals going on all the time. And just this week, we added another event, Asbury Park FC, the undefeated team that is undefeated today, undefeated tomorrow, and will continue to be undefeated. I would love to go see their sports venue up in Asbury Park um
0: yeah these guys are just trolling everybody i saw him on twitter asbury park fc came up and i was like oh dude this is chris's jam right here absolutely i mean like it was like evan springsteen play for him and and, (laughs) yeah yeah. but yeah if you haven't checked out the asbury park it's on our twitter check them out it's hilarious yeah it's, it's hilarious
1: it's not a real soccer team but they have uniforms they have press releases it's definitely just like a fun thing if you're a soccer fan it's uh, it's definitely something to just kind of support if you feel like just kind of the mentality of what soccer has become. It's it's pretty funny.
0: Well, Chris has already put up on his Facebook profile, I think, that he's the backup goalkeeper for Asbury Park FC. Oh yeah,
2: ready to, whenever the first game is. I'm ready to play backup. Yeah,
0: when's training start, Coach? Exactly. Nothing exactly. like
2: sneaking yourself in as the backup goalkeeper. Oh yeah,
0: <laughs> I mean that, that's that was my old thing. I was be like bullpen catcher. Yeah, no, nobody knows who the bullpen catcher is. That's right. You can't Google it.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, so looking forward to that. Asbury Park, the whole Jersey Shore, that's always cool. Um,
0: Look at at Chris and I lying to people about our faux sports achievements. Well, yeah. (laughs) Or I'm lying for you. This is
1: the appropriate place for a a fake soccer team, so it fits well. On a real note for soccer, we had a cool local uh, story that went national last night. Uh, We got Christos FC, which is for Christos Liquor Store. It's a local amateur team that uh, is playing in the U.S. Open Cup, and they drew DC United. Uh, and so they played last night at like, something you, you and I would play at, at like, some soccer complex thing, um, and uh, ended up taking the lead in like the first half and holding on to it for a good portion of the game. They did end up losing to the professional team, DC United, 4-1. to one. But uh, Scott Van Pelt covered this on ESPN. Uh, just a cool local story. So oh I'll
0: yeah, it was, it's average Joe's right. It's pros versus average Joe's right, right there. I mean, come on, that th- doesn't get any better. I mean, like, I, I, I have like in my mind that like Vince Vaughn plays for this team, and like Christos Lickers is like his dad's family-owned business. Like, I mean, th- th- this is this is stuff that movies are made of.
2: Absolutely, my men's league team played against the Christos team in like the one of the Maryland Cups, I think, to qualify for the Open Cup. So uh, we lost. They're pretty good. Um, but you know, what it really does is kinda speak to DC United's right. You oh, know, it's like, is gonna get trashed, man. Really. What's going tell- on there?
0: Didn't they go like three games start off the season without
2: scoring a goal? Yeah. Like three or four games. There's yeah, they're you know, I don't know. They're struggling,
1: but uh just from the Christos perspective, man, just amateurs dream. You get to play against oh. professionals anytime you put on cleats, right? Aren't I, you that? I would buy like a trophy. If yeah. I
0: even if you got you know, I would, I would have a trophy that says that we were draw. We were in a draw with a professional soccer team until the 80th minute. Yep. I'd have T-shirts made, everything. Like, dude, I would, I would. I would be punk in Asbury Park. In fact, which would you rather have, guys? A Christos FC shirt or an Asbury Park FC?
1: I know what I would say, being from the great state of New Jersey. But kudos to Christos FC. And and the article. There's an article in Washington Post that um, I strongly recommend everyone uh, checks out too, because. Just there were busloads of people. Apparently, like six thousand people came to watch this no game. No way! I just Better. Yeah, it's like a. It's, it's. They said it was like five times more than they've ever had of, of percentage Out of, of people United there. Stadium. No, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, they had people flying in from like Cincinnati and stuff. People who used to play on the team now, seeing what happened with the club, wanted to just support. So it's a really cool story.
0: Christos FC groupies, yeah. Are they a bigger team now than DC United in DC? They
1: they made money off this. They have fans now. I think it's great. It's great for soccer. Great for America. uh, Great for everybody.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, like like
2: DC United is in last place of the Eastern Conference and have and are a couple spots out of the worst team in the MLS right now. Jeez. Go Red Bulls. Garen. Yeah. I was Go was gonna say, Red Bulls. I
0: don't think we should be charged for those tickets anymore. <laughs>
1: yeah. All right. So let's keep it with professional sports, guys. Uh, we also saw the NBA Finals got wrapped up. Congrats to Golden State Warriors winning 4-1. to one. We saw some soccer players there, guys. You see, uh, we got one serial legend in there. Del Piero made an appearance in Game 5. And Neymar uh, for Barcelona, he was also there, uh, but in the earlier games. Where, so
0: where are you seeing these? Like, how do you know that that Del Piero was there? They like just panned to him in the crowd, and they're like, "There's Alessandro Del Piero, ex
1: no,
0: captain." Curve
1: America is a big deal. They gave a press release out and <laughs> when they posted the picture. We, we were notified, and uh, we put it up on our social media. So now do, we, do you
0: think Chris? i mean, sorry, Marco. This this one's for you. Do you think he got recognized, Del Piero? I mean yeah. you get recognized once.
2: I do. I, I think he got recognized because I'm a very positive and avid uh Sadioff fan. All right. Yeah. My money's
1: on he was not. But uh hey, we recognized him and uh some of our social media followers did as well. Uh Neymar was there as well, uh in the earlier games, but I don't know. Did you guys watch the NBA finals at all? What'd you think? Oh
0: yeah, I man. I mean, come on, it's the super team versus LeBron. Uh, and Kyrie is out of his mind. Like the, some of the shots he makes, it's just it's unbelievable. But you know, LeBron James is the like the most superhuman of superhumans of all time. So I mean, you got to watch him play. Uh, but I'm afraid for the NBA, man. It, it, like the season doesn't matter. It's it's Cavs Warriors in the final every year for the next three years. Don't need to watch another minute of basketball.
2: What if the what if uh, LeBron goes to like the Lakers? Oh, come on. Are we going to fall for that
0: hot take stuff?
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't the, the,
0: the, the ESPN coverage of the NBA Finals is nauseating. Yeah. Like, you know, Paul Pierce coming out and saying that, you know, Kevin Durant is now the best player in the NBA when, like, five minutes earlier everyone was talking about, you know, is, is LeBron better than Jordan? All this kind of stuff. And now there's like, oh, is LeBron going to go to the Lakers? These these people, I mean, it's a it's a fun industry to be in, I guess, for them the mothership, they just get to generate their own headlines and then have stuff to talk about. But you no, know, LeBron, why is that going to the Lakers? Why would anybody say that?
1: Yeah, I, I don't think he's going anywhere. Uh, I think that's the matchup for at least the next four or five years.
0: Now, why he goes and does it?
1: Yeah, well, and I get, we're, we're not ESPN. So. I get held to task. <laughs> I'm sure you'll be forgiven. Let's jump, guys, to the other big sports news that's not soccer. We had some big news breaking today. This has been talked about for months, if not a full year mcgregor mayweather the crossover fight 50 and 0 august 26th is it going to happen what do you guys think mayweather's going to pull this out now that this is officially happening this fight
0: there's just so much money involved
1: oh my god yeah oh my god of of all the sports the fighting sports i mean this is who you want fighting i hate to say it because i am more team boxing than team ufc but mayweather is old man but yeah you know i think he's gonna win I still it it is boxing, so it's not going to be a UFC rules so, fight.
0: So wait a minute, it's not like a UFC guy versus a boxing guy. It's not like Thunderlips or anything like that.
1: Like yeah, right, exactly. No, it, it's uh, they're both wearing boxing gloves and no kicking. So uh, it's like when you
2: go online and research like lion versus uh, crocodile. Yeah, right. You no, know, two to tut- they Give you like a simulation. Well, like, if
0: that's the case, Mayweather has to just beat him up, right?
1: My my theory on this one is. Uh, um, if he gets if mcgregor gets one good uh punch in is he like a lot heavier than mayweather no i well mayweather's really tiny yeah. i think mcgregor's not much they said they're fighting at 154
2: i think
0: so, so. wait a minute a guy who it's, it's i mean i don't the, the professional boxer has got to beat up the other guy right
2: no but i heard that uh mcgregor his his fighting weight's are like 160 like high 60s so he's gonna have like fifteen pounds as well.
0: Oh, so we need. To, I need to get to the bottom of these rules here.
1: Clearly, uh, this is gonna be something that uh, we're gonna be purchasing and, and watching. It is how, already how,
0: how far are we away from like we just put like two guys in a ring and just throw a knife out there? Be like, see what happens.
1: I think UFC would beat boxing to that. I'm team boxing on that. I love McGregor's swagger, but uh, I love the sport of boxing. Yeah, so. dude,
0: your bling is boxing.
1: Yes, I know, I know.
0: I'm actually kind of scared sometimes to like make you mad because I think you could probably like sneaky one-two combo me, and I'll have to like live the rest of my life knowing that I got clocked by Chris Ross with a with a coached right
1: cross. It's it's a great sport. So looking forward to that August 26th. So, a fun summer ahead, lots of fun to be had, but guys, we have to wrap up the Serie A season with our final podcast. Kind of a downer, but let's enjoy this one, guys. We're going to start off with the rundown. What a Serie A season! Juventus ran away with its six straight Scudetto. Roma and Napoli, superstar strikers slugged it out for second place all the way down to the wire the world said goodbye to the god in disguise, Francesco Totti. Atalanta played the role of Cinderella this season and made it to the Europa League. An OTFR overachieved and the Milan club struggled. Some other teams played soccer and Crotone cost me a piece of my heart and about $50. Although it's looking like more than that, Tad. I can't really? find a, the, I cannot find a, a jersey for them. I've been looking well, everywhere. You should
0: get Davide Nicola to just bike one over for exactly,
1: you. Exactly. Exactly. It'd be cheaper than the uh, the shipping and handling. It was a lot of fun. Let's get to it, guys. First off, what are we drinking on the final podcast?
0: Well, I, like I said, I was in Chicago and for this convention that like all the vendors just started putting out booze at like two in the afternoon every day, and it's just turning into this crazy party. So I'm drinking water.
1: All right. I got
0: aqua frizzante. I got that soda stream. Soda stream. A great way to fritz your aqua.
1: Recuperating. I think Marco's keeping it simple, too. I'm the only one, after watching all the Heine- uh, Champions League action, Heineken being that official sponsor, I'm drinking a Heine. So, we also want to mention our social media. We've got Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. It's all Curve America, all one word. And we've got Fabio at Americacom where you can hit us up with an email. Please tell us what you think about the show, the whole season's worth. Um... Rate and comments, I beat you yeah, guys. Yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, but no, I'm adding one. Subscribe, rate, and comment. That's that's what I see that the other podcasts, do. They ask you to subscribe. So even if you don't listen to it, I guess, subscribe. Tell your friends to subscribe. Grab your mom's phone with the super big font. Have her subscribe. Um, shout out to Mike in Chicago, Curve American. Hit us up on social media was there. Came and uh, had a couple of frosty beverages with me watching the uh, USA-Mexico game. Cool guy fun talking serious soccer so if anybody's in dc you know come hit us up
1: all right so the breakdown of this we're going to start with the top six let's start there as always with juventus All right, Marco, you're going to start us off with the league leaders. Juventus,
2: two out of three ain't bad on the season. What would you think? Yeah, I mean, they get the double, uh, but inevitably lose in the Champions League final to a Real Madrid team that was just amazing.
0: Yeah, but that Mandzukic goal, though.
1: Everyone's still talking about it, man. Man, it was one of the best.
2: Look, the better team won on the day, uh, and Juventus, I thought, played a good first half. I think they had... Real control of the game after they scored that tying goal, and look, man, for a little bit I felt like the oracle, you know, because you're like five minutes before the goal happens, you're like, hey, Marco, is your boy Manzukic going to come out this game and uh, and 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 pull pull it out? I was like, we'll see, we'll see. we'll see, and then he scores a bicycle kick, and it's and i'm i'm feeling pretty good about myself. I think you said on the last podcast too that Mandzukic
1: needed to have a big game in in order for Juve to play well here.
0: Yeah. He had a big first
2: half. Yes, he did. He he did play very well and you know, he was feisty, he was doing his thing. Again, I think Juve had the the better of the first half, uh, but in the second half, man, Real Madrid, I don't know what Zidane told them, they drank that, you know, Michael Jordan special water or something. Ronnie, the machine, does it again. Uh, and really, I think the most impressive part of Real Madrid is that midfield between Modric, Kroos, and Casemiro. They're just powerful, technical, intelligent. Um, you know, when you have Tony Kroos taking your free kicks, you know that that guy is special with, with all the, the firepower that you have on Real Madrid.
0: Well, the disgusting thing about them and even Juventus this year, even after they both make it the Champions League final in a dominating fashion, they're both going to go out and buy more players, like bigger, stronger, more awesome players.
1: And so, yeah, so the game itself, uh, definitely a tale of two halves. But, um, I mean, what do you guys think? Juve overall, successful season?
0: Yeah, absolutely. They won two out of three, they went to the Champions League final, and they got beat by Real Madrid in a way that, like, Everybody said if they were going to get beat, they're going to get beat. I mean, I read this awesome article on the Ringer, and they're like, "Juve's more technical. Juve has, you know, has as much a pedigree as anybody, but the way they're going to lose this game is, you know, the Real Madrid X factor, and you know, two goals for deflections. so a bit of luck there. Great season for Juventus. Hot take.
2: I mean, overall, getting that record sixth, you know, s- season win in a row. They are the kings of Italy. They've been the kings of Italy. Uh, But I think that they really built their team this year to win Champions League, you know, and then you get all the way there to lose in the final to the other Spanish giant. And, you know, Buffon is 37, you know, getting up there. Uh, And when you lose two out of three, you know, two times in three years, I think it kind of does something to you psychologically. It's going to be tough for them to get back up there, in my opinion, even though they will have a lot of money to build their team even more up this, this year.
0: Yeah, I mean, if like if Verratti goes there, they're going to be unstoppable.
1: That's I don't know. I, I agree with Marco, though, that I feel, at least in the immediate aftermath of this game, I feel like Juventus, if you're a fan, you were built for this game and you lost. And I I feel like the two other teams, um, titles were a given, Coppa Italia and uh, Serie A, at least in the eyes of the Juve fans, that I don't think you're happy with this season if you're a Juve fan.
0: Oh, come on. You know what's going to happen? Buffon is going to cut down to one glass of wine a week and three <laughs> plates of pasta.
2: <laughs> three shots of Jameson.
0: Yeah. And he's going he's to sustain that rage. They're going to come back. They got Allegri back, so they got their man. And, you know, they're, they're going to put it together. I mean, I, I think they got to walk away being like, hey, look, we broke the record for consecutive Scudetti. That was like the one thing in the Serie A that they hadn't done. Um, you know, I mean, they, they, it's, it's, it's an incredible season for them. And just a couple deflected balls, I don't think, you know, it spoils your whole season. Especially that waxing out they had a Barcelona. I mean, they made Monaco, the, the French League champions, just look like absolute trash amateurs. No man, they were wicked.
2: Yeah, let's let's actually, you know, peel apart their season a little bit because uh, you know, from the back up, this was a season of a team that wins the Champions League, you know, usually. And unless they're coming up against a team like Real Madrid who's making history. Uh but it starts back in the back with Buffon and he's leading the triple B C, uh you know, Buffon Barzagli, Kellini, Bonucci and then they have Benatia back there, they had Rugani coming in. That that defense was absurd. 27 goals against. It I was actually trying to compare it to other teams in the league because I was convinced that that they had the best defense. But actually Tottenham had less uh goals scored against them and uh Bayern only had 22. But yeah, you know come what? Now. Yeah. 77 goals for. Uh, that is less than Roma and Napoli. But again, you don't get scored on. It, it, it's it's hard to beat you. Um, and then 18 shutouts. And that's almost half the games of the season. That's amazing.
0: Yeah, I mean, they clinically slogged through the season. They didn't lose back-to-back games. I think the worst thing they had was a, a, a back-to-back loss and then a draw. But the consistency of this team, I mean, the absolute professionalism, you know, just week after week, you know, they they weren't going to throw a clunker out there. And they got beat by Roma 3-1. to one. But, I mean, that, it's just a team that when Roma was flying high, I mean, it, the, the consistency of this team is just absolutely mind-boggling.
1: Yep. So... We'll see there. Uh, they'll certainly be, be back uh, with Buffon, and uh, we'll, we'll definitely be another uh, at the top next season for sure. They finished with a staggering 91 points on the season. So for any of the UV fans out there, a little little sore still about the Champions League game, that's a pretty impressive uh, uh, point marker. So we move on. I, I do say, Tad, you brought it up. Uh, we started this podcast, that was one of the first stories we found about uh, Buffon and sustaining the rage, Sostenere La Rabia, by just drinking one glass of wine as, a, as a, instead of uh, two. Oh, so. he's,
0: he's he's already doing his new diet plan right now. I, I Uncle just, Gigi's doing sit-ups right now as we speak.
1: I love that story. Uh, good dovetail uh, for, the, for this uh, final podcast of the season. Let's keep rolling, guys, to our second-place team, the one near and dear to our hearts, the one we don't need to talk about too much because we've been talking about them a lot in the past couple weeks, Roma. Solid season overall. They did finish with second place, uh, albeit with uh, a heart attack for us uh, fans uh, against Genoa, winning in the final minutes. Um, But what's your takeaway for Roma as an overall on the season?
0: Second place is great. It's good to have that secured Champions League you know, but they didn't win anything. You know, all all everything that they went out to achieve with a, a squad and a coach that were very capable of a Scudetta, a Copa Italia final, you know, get into the Europa League final, something like that. None of those things happened. And so, you know, if you want to compare Juventus and say that their season might be a disappointment because they didn't win the Champions League final, you know, they go all out for the Champions League final, don't get it. They made it to the final. final. They made a game out of it. You know, Roma didn't didn't get any of their achievements, you know, nothing sorted out. And so, yeah.
2: So it sounds like you said it was a fail, a good failure. I don't know. It was a solid season with failure in there. So I would agree completely. But, you know, I think what, what Roma's working towards is, is not being that selling team. I think uh, there's already rumors of Salar... Salah, you know, basically going out, uh, Liverpool's trying to get him. And I think Roma just, I saw today, they're, they're, they're saying, this team is not a supermarket. They've already re-signed Kevin Strootman. You know, they've signed De Rossi again. Uh, now we've got to work on Nangolan and Manolas. They brought in this, this uh, new coach, Di Francesco. Um, but I think what this season did, you know, in getting, solidifying that second place is you're getting the money, right? You're getting the Champions League exposure guaranteed, so you're able to bring in players instead of having to offload them. Now, all we got to do is figure out this FIFA financial fair play stuff, right? But again, I think the season, it had its ups and downs for sure. More ups. There was more times this season that we were watching a Roma that was convincing uh, because in the past, they, in the past couple seasons especially, they've had long slot, you know, long droughts. But they didn't really have long droughts this season. You know, it's just that Juventus was way too consistent. That's why they ended up winning. They could have easily won the season if Juventus wasn't, you know, ridiculous.
1: I think that's fair for sure. Uh, um, I would say this season chalk it up to a building season. It was successful in that we don't have to trade any players, hopefully, with uh, a third-place finish. Uh, financial fair play. We've got a guaranteed Champions League going into next season. That's great. Also, don't forget, guys, there's more Stadio della Roma news this week. Uh, we just, the the commune voted or something, I guess. I still don't understand Italian politics, but um, we had another progressive step towards this is actually going to happen, that we're going to get our own stadium. It didn't go well, but Francesco so- Totti is... Um, you know said goodbye to the team although he'll never leave our hearts and everything i understand that but going forward you know we're we're building our team or we're looking for the future right um all of that going ahead is is a team progressing forward and hopefully going to big things that's what i chalk up this season to be that um you know it was a transition season i think what'd you say before is a good failure i thought that's a a good way of saying it
0: it can be both things i mean there were having the capo Canonieri and you know ceco having 29 goals and 12 assists that's insane salah had an you know, had a great season the midfield i mean nangolan is probably the best midfielder in the serie a you know and then if- around him is strootman coming back and being strong again coming back from his acl tears uh, and then De Rossi, you know having one of the, the better seasons he's had in the last half dozen years and then the defense i mean fazio what a great find you know, yep. So and Chesney, probably the second best goalkeeper, you know, in the city of the season. So they had all of those things. And, you know, it, and there's a lot of positives to take from it. And like Marco said, yeah, there wasn't that 10 game pulling your hair out, wondering if we're going to draw Chievo. And at the end, you know, they, they got tough and and were able to hold on to that second spot be it with the you know one of the more big heart attack games of, of all time, but you know a lot of their success this year was Spoletti. after the Christmas break, you know switching to the three five two, you know being able to to grind out wins even when we lost Florenzi again, um, and he's gone. Yeah, so DiFrancesco, you're up.
1: Here we go to the future. We've got Roma finished with eighty seven points four behind uh, Juve, so we hope for better things next season. Up next is Napoli. They finished just one point behind Roma and had a chance of stealing that second-place spot for Champions League uh, on the last day. My main storylines for Napoli, guys, first memory of the podcast from the summer of 2016 was this epic transfer with Higuain to Juventus. To be young again. It, yeah, it's it's uh, it was something out of, like, House of Cards, you know, just like this is just, this is happening. All right. This guy's going to leave and Juve is going to be that powerful. That's really going to happen. Good show. But, uh, but the, the big story for Iguayin continues to be for me. Ilquiatone, when you have an owner calling one of their best players, the little chub, the big chubby one, uh, it's, it's a podcaster's dream. It's got to, uh, entice you to leave as well. If I, I totally get why Iguayin that would stuck and, and, uh, with De Laurentiis's comments, uh, it came up again in the Copa Italia when uh, he was out in the field and screaming at the Napoli crowd, this is your fault, this is why, this you're losing, I left because of you, De Laurentiis. So with that drama, Napoli had to answer early questions of how they're going to score and who's going to do it uh, this season. And they had an answer almost as good as Kobe Bryant's in the Jalen Rose spot last week where Kobe's asking for 81 olives in his martini. Just to remind Jalen how much he dropped on him before retiring. We've talked about, Tad, you've brought that up in the past too. So Napoli's definitely like on that level for this season in retrospect, right? I mean, they were just so able to score with their three-headed hydro. You got Mertens with 28, Insigne with 18, and Tad's favorite word with 14. Millet goes out with an ACL tear in September, but the goals were there, and that worry of where, where are we going to get
2: Higuain's, uh goal goal-scoring capabilities went away. Yeah, I mean, y- you know, I think a lot was expected of Gabbiadini this year, uh, but when Di Lorente said he's like an out-of-key note in harmony, you know, and then gets traded to Southampton.
0: Hashtag most Italian thing ever. Uh, a orchestra reference to a <laughs> soccer player.
2: <laughs> you know, you could tell that uh, he was probably not going to be the guy. Uh, and so Mertens really stepped up, right? I mean, Milik with that ACL tear, just Mertens kind of gets converted into this center forward and just goes off. I mean, I don't know what Mertens was doing on the bench last season, but this season he was one of the best players in the world. Yep.
0: Yeah. I mean, look at this. We, we, we're talking about the Eguain stuff, and the first thing we said seems like a million years ago. Why? Because when the three-headed attack, the the Encina Calihon, Mertens thing got going, it was incredible to watch, and they would destroy teams, just embarrass them, and like these these little little ants running out there, and the ball just seems to be uh uh, uh you know flying around, tick attack style, and then just like amazing goal after amazing goal This Mertens guy. Who, you know, I think if he tripped over the ball, would roll with it. He's so friggin' small. And he, yeah, like Marco said, he comes out and he's not only amazing, he's world class, like top five hottest players in the world.
1: Another great memory for me, guys, was Milik getting back in the game, both on the field and on Tinder. That's gonna be something I remember for our first podcasting season. Uh, fans swiping right and a chance to uh, to meet him. But generally, guys, the, the Napoli story is, is going to be they played the most beautiful soccer in Italy for me this season. I genuinely looked forward to watching their highlights because of how smooth and effortless they did scoring. I will concede metrics matter. That, that absolutely stands. Juve and Roma had more points, and that is what should matter. But Napoli just playing great. Uh, I think Sarri deserved coach of the year. question for you guys is a successful season for them. What would you say? Is Napoli proud of their season?
0: Yeah, Napoli's Champions League is a successful season for them. They challenged for the Scudetto. You know, they were able to put some pressure on there. But you know, the big goal question was where are they going to get the goals. And Mertens and Sagna and Calejon provided sixty goals and thirty assists. That's more goals scored than twelve other Serie A teams, the entire team, including Milan. So yeah, they, they got to look at this this season. Now, of course. If Juventus comes and buys Mertens, right? Yeah, might be a little, might be a little more sour taste in their mouth. But no, totally a successful season for them. Everyone's talking about them.
1: See, I, I'm on the other side of this. Uh, just putting my shoes, putting myself in the shoes of a Napoli fan. I, I'd say they had a big moment to shock the world in the Champions League. I was definitely pulling, pulling for them uh, against uh, Real Madrid, uh, and they didn't pull that off. Uh, they also dropped to third this season behind Roma after they finished second last year. So they don't have a guaranteed Champions League group stage spot. And then they lost Copa Italia to to Juve in the semis. So I think if I'm a Monopoly fan and and putting myself in their perspective, I think you would probably enjoy watching how your team played this season, but got to be disappointed in how it came out at the end.
0: Look! Look at the look at the unreasonable high standard Chris sets for for all these teams. He's disappointed that both Juventus and Napoli lose to uh, Real Madrid, and he thinks that twenty nine goals for the Canonieri is unimpressive. It's,
1: we're, we're competing against La Liga here, man. <laughs> we got to keep it man, up, it's that's that's like a Roma fan right there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm happy we got second, but I, I got to think that the Partenope fans they're uh, they're not feeling it. So. Anyway, Napoli finished in 86 points, third place, just behind Roma. Again, so long as they do okay with the transfer market, they're expecting big things next season. Up next, Marco, what did you think of Atalanta this season?
2: Yeah, well, if Sassuolo was last year's Cinderella's, Atalanta was definitely this year's. Uh, and really what it comes down to is the youth talent galore between Cassie Gagliardini, who went to Inter midseason, Caldara, He's going to go to Juve. Conti, Petaña, you know, all led by the little man himself, Papu Gomez, who had a huge season. 16 goals, I mean, 10 assists, and a new dance. He gave the world Baila Como. El papu. I still can't
1: stop listening to it. Yeah. I've been playing it all weekend. Anytime I'm like feeling down or something, Baila Como el Papu, man. Yeah. Love it.
2: Yeah, I mean, he earns up a call up to the national team. And if you play for Atalanta and get called up to the national team, the Argentina national team, you a beast.
0: And he scored in their game.
1: I saw that. And the announcer, of course, said, Baila Comil Papu. He,
0: love he's, it. he's just adorable. You can't yes. help but love it. I love it. I mean, we got Pepper. I think, you know, the, the next, the next uh, uh, mascot we need is, is Papu Gomez.
2: So, Matt, you know, key moment of the season, I thought, was in match day 7, 8, and 9, when they beat Napoli, they tie Fiorentina, and then they beat Inter. Uh, and that's when you really knew that this team had some good potential. Um, those are some really good results. In the beginning of the season, that's before we knew Fiorentina and Inter were basically going to flop. Uh, but they did beat Napoli. So, you know, that's when you started seeing, like, wow, that's when the, the hype started building up. Um, look. I think that they are in Europe, so they're gonna, you know, have that exposure, and they're not necessarily gonna have a flop of a season. But uh, the early indications are that it's gonna be very tough for them, uh, you know, because they're already, you know, they've already loaned out Kessie. Um, we'll see what happens with Papu Gomez, but you know, the the, the players are getting poached. They have great stadium with great atmosphere. Hopefully, that'll be enough to draw, uh, you know, some new talent uh, and and so that they can do well next season in Europe. Yeah. I
0: mean, this was the team that was like this. You know, Cinderella is the perfect way of putting it. This is a team that week in week out, you're watching it. You know, when they take on some big club and seeing like, all right, they're going to get waxed out here, and they did get waxed out that one game seven to zero by Inter, um, but. You know they fought and they were good and they were tough. Seven one, I think. Seven one, same diff. Um, but the, you know they they, but they fought the whole season. And you know when they played Roma, they gave us tons of trouble. Papu Gomez is really coming into his own. I mean, Conti is probably going to be out. But you know you got you to give it to the the Italian Elmer Fudd. You know the Gasparini was able to keep this team together. They didn't sell off their entire team um some nice piece of business with get with galliardini making that money and uh going for it so you know whether or not they wreak any damage in europa league next year we'll see but a a stunning season for them and probably my most enjoyable team to watch
1: hopefully this cinderella does better than last year's cinderella and sassuolo in europe so forza atalanta hoping for big things in europe for you guys Rolling on to a team that will not be named, OTFR, guys. Tad, you're going to start us off. What did you think of the other team from Rome?
0: OTFR. Okay, I drew the short end of the stick, and I really just got to come out. I'm going to answer the question first. Their season was successful. I mean, finishing fifth, they finished eighth last year with 54 points. They had 70 points this year, and... They were consistent and they were good. I mean they, they beat Roma this year. Friggin' Roma Wedding Derby. Just totally broke my heart three to one. And I found out, realized later that that was the first time we'd lost to OTFR since twenty twelve is friggin' Roma wedding derby.
1: And you missed the DeRossi goal.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay. Low blow. Low blow. You know, you're gonna you're gonna turn up with a Real Madrid jersey um, in place. I still need I still need my Roma jacket back. Um no, but I mean, like, strange start of the season. Like, OTFR was in shambles. Remember remember when the season started when Marcelo Bielsa just, like, dipped? Like, did they hire him, and he doesn't even turn up to, a, like, a training thing and throws a big fit about how they're not buying the players he wants?
2: After they sold 13 season tickets?
0: Yeah, after they sold 13 season tickets. It's just a joke. It's a joke. Like, nobody, their, their own fans don't even want to see him. And they bring back Nzagi, who, you know, was a caretaker last year. And you got to think that they don't have much to look forward to. And their big signing is Immobile. They got for you know nothing because he flopped at uh, Dortmund and he flopped at Sevilla and he comes in and sets the world on fire. 23 goals this season. He was incredible. And uh, they finish in Europe. They're going to play in European competition last year. I mean, they did lose the biggest game of their season um, when they got waxed out by Juventus in the Copa Italia final, but everyone saw that coming. And they won their Copa Italia. They knocked out Roma. And, you know, they beat Atalanta twice, uh, and they had breakout seasons for Keita Balda. I mean, Balda came in, eight goals and two assists in his last five games. So now the question for them is, is uh, uh, I mean, and then again, i got to point out, Ratlis gets suspended for being a racist. So surprise, surprise, there's some racism scandal for OTFR. But they got this young team with DeVry, Hote, Kieta, Felipe Anderson, uh, uh, Milinkovic, Savic, Lukaku, Wallace. They're all, where's Wallace? Well, he's on OTFR and he's under 25 years old. You know, all these guys under 25, they got to keep the team together. And that's all all they can try and do.
2: They got a good future. Um, And I'll say this, you know, as much as I want them to lose every game, it, it makes it fun if they're a strong team and, you know, with the derby. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I guess uh, we hope that all city teams will be good next season, but, you know, OTFR, good to you this season.
0: Yeah, ah. I, think those, I think they'll sell more than 13 season tickets, um, you know, next season.
1: I try to be pretty objective on the podcast, but my bias does show for OTFR. I, my memories for this team are what Lulich did against Rudiger in the uh, uh, first uh, derby game and then it just that ended of itself no comment just that happened but then the second thing we're forgetting their biggest game of the season guys Crotone beat them yeah in the final game so very happy about that keep rolling on here guys we got Lazio in 5th place with 70 Whoa, points oh
0: last pot last Oof. podcast chris has got a he Quit says the L word in the
1: swear jar oh <laughs> All right, guys, and we keep rolling on. We're going to finish the top six, the European spots, with Milan. Storylines for me with Milan, the Milanese, they got to be happy with this season, but it was not an easy one to watch. Modern soccer, it's impossible not to start with the bottom line, the money, which was more impossible to lock down than Jerry Seinfeld giving a hug. Our thoughts out to Kesha out there. Uh, Hopefully someone give you a hug now. I mean, Milan wants to make big moves here like a big club should, but because the ongoing team sale didn't get finalized until spring 2017, Milan suffered through the transfer markets. And now that the sale is complete, China's Rossoneri Sport Investment Lux, which is a great name. Yeah, for, prestige for any, worldwide. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they become the new Berlusconi. And so we do have to pause, I think, a minute and, and get to talk about Berlusconi's reign uh, 29 trophies with five Champions Leagues, eight Scudetto. Uh, his, Italy's Donald Trump did well for the club, but I think the Milanese are eager for a new beginning, and they're going to get it here. And um, not to get into too much transfer market stuff, but man, are they starting off with a bang here, uh, getting some big names in the early summer here. Another big point for them, they did get some hardware this season. Remember the, do- the cutter game? They went out and played the Super Coppa Italia against Juve, and won the trophy so another bright spot bright future for the Milanisti they got to be excited with their team Donnarumma leads the pack there great season for him as the next Buffon uh, the next legend and you got a youthful uh, youthful team ahead of you Romagnoli Locatelli Delafaux uh, Pasilic Suso all had good seasons and they're going to play in Europe they got Milan Uh, they're going to be repping Italy throughout Europe got to be happy about that it's a historically big team and so uh, we'll see what they do with the transfer market. So far, so good. Last thing I got on them is Montella. He's back, and I think that's a good thing. That you're gonna, um, you know, have your coach back. I know there's some ambivalence about there from uh, Montella, but um, you know he ruddered the Milan ship and got them back to Europe, and I think you got to be happy about that.
0: And the bar just went back down. M- Milan. I think. I mean, their fans aren't going to be happy with this season. Yeah, at the end. They did make it into Europe. They're happy now because they're spending all you know all of the Sultan's gold and you know just fliff everywhere. Not even counting it, making it rain. Um, but you know, sixth place for a team like them is not very good. And I get it; they got to like take it in the chops um, on the transfer market because they weren't spending a whole lot of money. But I mean, this team was was barely held together. They they underperformed all season. And honestly, I'm not overly sold on Montella. I mean, I think this team that comes in you're gonna get a show me season until until he coaches Milan into a champions League position. I'm not entirely sold on him, but he's gonna have some new toys to play with Blah.
1: no joke about that, so we'll keep talking about next season but
2: uh
0: number uh, one
1: thing they gotta do is keep Donnarumma.
2: yeah number I, one number one thing. Thing. I think it was a successful season uh because uh it, you know we take for granted that Milan has a big history big team um uh, they've been down for a couple seasons uh and it's not easy to get back up to the top, especially when you have teams like Roma, uh, Napoli surging and a team like Juventus just, you know, getting records, breaking records left and right. So I think Milan put themselves in a good situation. I think they will be successful in the future here.
0: Yeah, but you read Berlusconi's reign, 29 trophies, five Champions Leagues and eight Scudettos. And in the next breath be like, hey, pretty successful season for them in sixth place and a play in for the Europa League.
2: It's like Man you man. You know they're going to come back. They're going to come back big, but they have had, you know, some some weird seasons because they lost uh Sir Alex Ferguson and kind of, you know, really put a wrench in things and then other teams got strong. It's just the same thing to me.
0: Yeah, the youth you got to be excited about with them. Um thankfully they signed an old player in Frank Cassidy to, you know, kind of bring that media name back up. <laughs> Dude's thirty seven, I <laughs> yeah. swear. He's like that kid in the Little League World Series they found out was like nineteen years old.
2: He's like Robin Williams and Jack.
0: There, you know what? I'm gonna take that nineties Robin Williams, you know, twenty fifth best movie he ever was ever in. Reference Marco. Good job. We, we oh. got him by the end of the season. That's right. It looked I like
2: d- you guys didn't even see it. No,
1: I knew that movie. I appreciate the effort in in the uh the nineties reference movie. Well done. Well done. Um, All right, so we've got Milan in sixth place, 63 points. That finishes the Europe spots for the top six. We're going to take a quick break and jump into the middle of the pack.
0: This week's episode of Curve America is brought to you by Sumner Furniture. Sumner Furniture are office furniture experts based in the Washington, D.C. metro area. They provide high-quality new and used office furniture for all-size jobs ranging from just one chair to million square foot offices. Sumner provides space designs, commercial moves, delivery and installation for projects nationwide. Check out their website, SumnerFurniture.com or their eBay store. Contact them and mention Curve America for an additional 10% off any new or used office chair.
1: All right, guys, starting off the middle of the pack, we're going to start with the other team from Milan, Inter. Tad, you're going to start us off with the main storylines of Inter Milan this season.
0: The big thing with, with Inter this season was is they were just a dumpster fire. I mean, I know that thing gets, it gets overused, but like from the get-go, they get waxed out right at the beginning by the Flying Donkeys, 2-0 first game, after Mancini just straight up pulls the dip right before the season starts. They bring in DeBoer who people had high hopes for. He lasts about 15 seconds before they're booting him out, and they bring in Pioli. Um, I think we all know it happened to Pioli because now he's Fiorentina's coach, so he gets canned. And now they have Luciano Spalletti. Not only that, their transfer window, they spent a gazillion bucks and bought absolutely no one of value. I mean, they spent $40 million on Joe Mario, who when Joe Mario was playing well, looked really good, but then... Would just completely disappear, and he is by the end of the season was essentially replaced by Galliardini, which is a good thing. But there's 40 mil at the window. They pull, they buy Gabi Gabi goal for 30 million, and he played 113 million. <laughs> he played 113 minutes, scored one goal, and had three yellow cards. And then that right at the beginning of the season, they have this big thing with Icardi. Like everybody and their mom is you know ready to lynch this guy because you know he, he made so, yeah he wrote a book about how. You know, I mean, you know, he's he's basically just like smashing out teammates' wives and like talking trash to Maradona and you know hating on all the fans and stuff like that. So that's this the setup for the season, and that's you know they had enough raw talent to make it to seventh place.
2: I will say that a good purchase was uh, Candreva because he was dangerous all season. Also, Perisic was you know had a huge season. He might be the cash cow this year. Uh, and so we'll see about that. But, you know, they had a couple good results. Yeah, You could see next season potentially being, you know, a much better season for Inter. Um, with Spalletti there, He you know, he brings that tactical aspect. And honestly, I, I, I do believe that Spalletti is a great coach. I just think that, you know, his situation at Rome with Totti, that kind of put a wrench in things. But, you know, he is going to do a good job at Inter and I, th- I saw today you know in the article he said Inter has history and they do you know so
0: yeah but unfortunately he didn't coach them this year and this year they were terrible Murillo, last year was was you know was a great defender and this year he was god awful it, it it was a coaching stuff like Eder, like Adair he plays for that when he plays for the Azzurri, like he's pretty good he scored against liechtenstein i mean i know Chris scored against Lichtenstein, I think, in the past World Cup qualifiers. But, like, where did he play? He played everywhere this season. They couldn't figure out their formation. They have Icardi ripping goals left and right. You know, I mean, he's, he's, if, when he's not scoring goals, he's getting ridiculous full body tattoos um, and, you know, tweezing his eyebrows. But, you know, this team, Gagliardini and Kendreva, I'll give you that. Th- th- those are two great additions, but they, They blew a fortune on players that had no impact on their season.
1: Yep. I think, uh, the inter out there are not going to be happy with this season with the, the, the carousel with the coaches in the beginning, the Icardi stuff and just missing Europe. Uh, can't be happy about the season, but I think things are uh, looking up. I, uh, I'm going to miss Spalletti. I am going to miss him, and and I wish him well at Inter to a certain extent.
0: Well, they got a good one at yeah. Inter with that with that Spalletti character, let me tell you.
1: That's right. So Inter finished in seventh place, just behind Crosstown Rivals with 62 points. They finished just one point behind them. And we keep rolling, guys. We're going to go further south to Tuscany. We're going to go to Fiorentina. Marco,
2: what did you think of La Viola this season? Now you want to talk about underachievement and inconsistency. You know, that's that's Fiorentina in a nutshell. Uh, look, You look at their roster and you get excited. You know, they got the youth of Bernadeschi and Chiesa. You know, they got some experience in Valero and Gonzalez in the back. Uh, and then, you know, they got pretty good strikers up top. You know, they they have Kalinich scoring mad goals and Babacar coming off the bench. He's a young dude scoring lots of goals. Really, you know, Fiorentina was a mystery to me. I had a tough... You know, I had a tough time kind of writing this section up today because I really thought that Fiorentino was a much better team than they showed. Uh, Sousa, you know, really, he, the entire season was really he was being questioned. So, how can you how can you do well? How can you how can you do well, especially as a manager with that sort of pressure? Um, you know, especially if you are are trying to build your reputation. Uh, but let's face it, you know, the team gives us some beautiful moments. That game against Inter is a perfect example at the end of the season. But just way, 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 way too many disappointments. Uh, you know, check out this string of results real quick. This is like a little micro, this is a little microcosm of their season. In the beginning they of the season, they lose to OTFR after winning the Europa League group. And then they beat Juventus a couple weeks later. But then they get waxed out by Roma, for nothing, and they go up to Mouch and, Black, Mouch and Glag Murphy back Black and at, at their home in Germany and then get spanked 4-2 when they bring it back to Tuscany and then they, they bow out of the Europa League. I mean, that's just right there is their season in a nutshell.
0: Yeah, this is a team that should be you know good defense, great scoring, just can't put it together.
1: All right, Fiorentina, 8th place with 60 points. We head further back north up to Torino. Storyline for them. Joey Bagdonuts. Joe Hart just does not pan out in the Serie A. He's got, apparently going to go back to EPL. He's on the English national team so far in the uh, international games recently. Uh, but he's looking, looking pretty desperate for finding a team. The other big story's got to be Belotti. Il Gallo, the rooster being the positive note for Torino, where he's going to end up whether he'll continue to be a household favorite in the Juventus Bonucci household i think that's a great story as well of uh the fact that Bonucci's kid
2: loves Bellotti so much that he's a Torino fan gets a couple goals you know for the national team too i just love the way he plays and he has to be one of the best headers of the ball uh at least in Italy and i just think he has such a bright future the way he works for his team
1: yep so Kind of disappointed with Torino. The one of the other bright p- points was President Cairo riding the enormous bull on the season. I love that, um, but honestly, thought that they were going to challenge for Europe and they just didn't. They yeah. finished with fifty three points.
0: This was we we talked about it a couple weeks ago. This was everyone's dark horse team this season. You're like, and then Bellotti starts going ham, and it's like, ooh man, Torino, they're going to be something, and then they just they're trash. They have the Roma Hospital Jokers out there. That looked good at the beginning of the season. Benassi and Baselli. I thought they would be better this season. Joey Bagadonuts, you said it. I mean, he's he's trash in the Serie A. He looked completely lost the second half of the season. But Il Gallo, man, he's tight.
1: All right. So there's Torino in a nutshell. Let's keep moving, guys. we got Sampdoria next. How did they finish on the season?
0: Yeah, I mean, Sampdoria, they finished 10th. Um you know, it's the first time uh, uh, that they've been in 10th. Marco Giampaolo took them since, you know, as, as I kind of talked trash about Montel a little bit, since he took them to 10th. Um,
2: the club you know, legend.
0: Yeah, the club legend, uh, who, who, you know, if we all remember, was a big Sampdoria fan. They beat Milan twice away. Um, actually, Sampdoria is like basically a team that got De Boer fired. fired um, and they won their derby twice, which... Uh, is the first time they've done that since the 1960 season. They beat Roma, unfortunately. But this season, you know, it, it was basically all about three players. We're talking Quags, Quagliarella. He was nasty. We're talking the babyface killer, Luis Muriel. He was nasty. Where's and, he going to go? Well, the, the, one, the one that everyone's talking about with Sampdoria is the emergence of, of Patrick Schick. Schick whatever.
1: The Razor Man. The Razor
0: Man, Patrick Schick. Or, you know, I heard somebody else pronounce it chic. So I guess we're going to have to change that into like like the oil man (laughs) or something like that, like the the Saudi man or something. But, you know, he's clearly a young rising star in this league. He's been heavily linked to Juventus. Of course, anybody that's good and young in Italy gets heavily linked to Juventus. You know, filled that super sub role, looked about as lethal as anybody. But at the end of the day, Sampdoria, you know, they get back in the top ten, and for them, I think that's a success. Been a while since they've been there and they look good doing it.
1: All right. So we've got Sampdoria finishing tenth with forty-eight points. Let's keep rolling, guys. Up next, we've got Tad again with Calgary, the my favorite word of this season. How did they do?
0: Another overachiever here. I mean, they came up from promotion last year, Sadia B. So you gotta think. Every single time somebody gets promoted, you're like, dude, this team's trash. They're going to go right back down. And then they end up finishing 11th. Um, 47 points is the most they've had in Serie A since 2011, 2012. You know, they're great at home. And that's basically what you have to do if you want to be a team like Cagliari and, and, you know, finish middle of the pack. They were 11 and 5, but then terrible on the road, only three wins. But the, you know, the big reason for the success is a certain guy who just Monica. emerged. Out of a pile of naked, writhing men, women, and Syria soccer podcasters, Marco Borriello. I, I dare not say his name above a whisper, before I might conjure the demon to my house and will whisk away my newly my, my newly made bride. Um, yeah, Borriello. You know, he ripped it up, <laughs> sixteen goals in the league. Dude, dude was nasty. Thirty four years old. You know, aging like a wine. Uh, you know, rubbing that olive oil in his hair and, uh, you know, did it for him. I mean, mm-hmm. the last thing I got to say about this is they're going to demolish their stadium, Santiago, Santa Elia which, you know, it's a cool little stadium. And it's, it's it was a fun place for them to play, but it's going out. And it looks like they're going to get their own season, their own stadium. So pretty cool. So Borriello, 11th place.
2: That's, that's the Sardinians right Leading there. Leading the charge for modernization of Sedia.
1: That's right. Out on the island with 47 points, guys. Up next, we've got Sassuolo, the darlings of two seasons ago. They were pretty crap this season. Marco, what would you think?
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, I mean, when you look at the overall season that, that Sassuolo had, it, it's Cinderella gone bad, but it was a little bit of damage control, too. Uh, after losing their main star in week two, more injuries came real quick. And by the time they played Genk in the second round of Europa League, they're already missing, you know, again, Berardi, then Carnavaro, Duncan, Ante, Matri. I mean, that's just bad luck, you know. But Eusebio Di Francesco, I think he made a name for himself again this season because of his ability to kind of steady the ship. Uh, because it did look like it was sinking. Oh yeah, I will say, yes, it did. <laughs> lucky for them, the, the the bottom three teams were absolute garbage. Yes,
0: yeah, Steve Francesco. I mean, he's pulling guys up from the youth team. He was throwing jerseys in the stand at one point. I mean, at one point he probably thought one of his players was going to be out for three weeks with stigmata or something. I mean, they were pretty decimated. Unfortunate to see Berardi out hurt. You know, Berardi was is you know such a, a great player. Um, you know, one of the with a Probably the most talented of the young Italian players, in my opinion. I know that that's saying a lot because there's a lot of really good ones. Um, You know, I hope he goes to Roma next year and scores a lot of goals so I can say his left stroke just went viral. But uh, the other thing they got to be happy about for the season is consistently throughout the season, I think Pellegrini was their best player, who also is probably going to go to Roma. But, um, you know, with spit and glue, they held the team together and had a nice little run at the end.
1: All right, so they finished with 46 points in 12th place. Up next, we've got Udinese all the way up north. Rough start to the season for La Zibrette, Le Zibrette, as Marco taught us early on, leading to the baseball cap-wearing Jacquini getting canned. Word is he just got fired again last week as the baseball hat-wearing Mr. Met mascot flashing the finger to the crowd. He's still not over the Udinese boot. We did meet some other favorite characters in this one, guys. We've got Henry David Cyril Thoreau, HDCT, who is the spinning image of the original Henry David Thoreau, HDT. Check out our Instagram for that. Um,
0: Principal Strickland's on this team, too, as well.
1: That's right. Um, Halfordson. Who, Halfordson, that's right. So Udinese, middle-of-the-pack team, but definitely had some characters we'd enjoyed covering this season. But you could feel
2: it. Halfordson's like the like, caveman version of Michael Bradley. That's yeah. that's what it looks like to me. <laughs> no, he's cool. Principal
0: Strickland, like yeah. he's just he's frozen in time, as the, as bald and, and looking one way.
2: He's yeah. the thing from Fantastic Four before he morphs.
0: <laughs> Jake the Snake Jankto was on this team. We had Fana Fana Fofana Fana. I guess you know for anybody out there that's looking to start a Serie A podcast. Um, and you're going to cover the weekly games, like Match Day 23, talking about Udinese, you're basically just pulling out nicknames for these guys.
1: (laughs) You're looking for who they look like, doppelgangers. That's right. So, yeah, as far as soccer goes, just by midseason, you could feel it. Udinese was pretty content with where they were on the table, middle of the pack. And my question for you guys with this team, I'm interested in this club because they own their own stadium, and Roma is one of the teams dying to have their own seemingly vital to be competing against Juve. Why isn't Udinese closer to the top if they own their own stadium? It's a tough question.
0: Well, I mean, they focus so much on their youth academy, and I think that the ownership there really is just concerned with, you know, staying in the Serie A and being able to develop the youth and then selling it to a bigger team. I mean, like Marco pointed out a hundred times a season, they're a feeder team. And, they've you know, I mean, you look at Vidmer and... Zepata, they're two best players. They're both under twenty-five years old. They're in their, they're both probably gonna get shipped out.
1: We will see. Uh Udinese is a, is a quagmire for me. They're in thirteenth place with forty-five points. We're gonna move south from Udinese down to Kievo now. And the Flying Donkeys. You
0: Guys, remember the beginning of the season when we were talking about the, the Kievo when they wax out enter 2 0. Pretty
1: hot on them, yep. Yeah,
0: and then Hang the DJ had to bring us down to the uh down to earth. I mean, dude, they uh, uh they started out the season hot, and like Kievo's been good in the past in spurts, so they can they can be a sneaky top, you know, top six team, but man. They fell apart. I mean, they ended the season about as bad as possible. They got smoked by Cagliari 4-0. They got smoked by Roma 5-3, and they drew Palermo 1-1 once Palermo had already been, been relegated. But, you know, for these guys, it's three players. Bobby English, which I saw that. Uh, you guys see that footballitalia.net bit our style on that? No. I did see they that. They start calling him Bobby English? Yeah.
1: Man. Some, some other uh, person on Twitter, I think, also did that. A friend of ours. Yeah. In England.
0: <laughs> I, it, oh, and I think Horncastle <laughs> bit our style on one one of those <laughs> ones, too. Yeah, man. I mean, so lucky for you guys out there, you're listening to a groundbreaking podcast. That's right. We, we, we're we're rocking the nicknames. I mean, mm-hmm. Bren liked uh, 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 Kenny Chesney. Yeah. That was a big one. No, but Bobby English, knocks in 10 goals, 4 assists. He was good. Biersa, you know, he was tight sometimes, 7 goals, 9 assists. You know, he kind of cooled off a bit. Their most consistent player, I think, for this team was Lucas Castro. I mean, I thought he was pretty deadly every game. Particularly games against Rome, he looked really good. But, you know, guys, this is an old-ass team. Look who they got on this squad. Sorrentino's or Goldley, he's 38. Dobby's brother, Gabi, 36. Gambarini, 35. Deianelli, 38. And Polissier, who knocked in nine goals this year, 38 years old. So, uh, I think they need to, you know, I mean, the only team in Serie A that doesn't have some, you know, that, that's mid to low end table, that does have some starlet, some Italian starlet, that's what they need to look for, man. They got their derby back.
1: Definitely. Yes, they did get their derby back. Looking forward to that next season. All right, so we've got Kievo with 43 points in 14th place. Now we're going to move up to Bologna. Marco, what did you think of Bologna on their season?
2: Mediocre team. Not a lot to say about this team. Look... Uh they I, I thought I was looking for some big results, you know, just jogging the memory a little bit. And you know, really, I don't think they didn't beat any of the top teams. They tied OTFR and intern the beginning of the season, but they had no upsets other than that. I don't know if there's any other team that has like no upsets. Um, you know, they got waxed by Napoli seven one, uh, and that thing that kind of thing that I thought was reserved to just Roma you know in the Champions League ouch Ro- Roberto donadoni he's a former metro star, so you know Chris has him uh fondly in his heart, but...
1: it's the only reason I know anything about Bologna is that Donadoni used to play for them.
2: I lived in Bologna for four years. I know I'm, no, did. I know you get tired of saying this no, over you here. <laughs> so I'm just glad that they're still in Serie A, because they're my third or fourth team. <laughs> yeah.
0: Destro. That's all I got to say. Uh, yeah. Destro plays for this
2: team.
1: Bologna 15th place 41 points. Now to Genoa. The Derby della Lanterna. I loved learning about it for versus Sampdoria. Um didn't know much about it until this season. Looking forward to it again next season. So, uh, happy about that. We got to meet Diego Simeone's kid on this team, Giovanni. Giovanni Simeone. He had a really good season. Um but I think Genoa's highlight has got to be they beat Juventus. That was a stunner. That was a knockout that everyone didn't see coming. Uh, has to be Genoa's season highlight. The only other thing that I thought of for them on looking back on this season was their unenviable task of playing against Roma in Toti's last game. And they gave Roma fans everywhere heart attacks because they played pretty well, took an early lead, kept coming back. And, uh, you know, they almost knocked off both the top teams this season.
0: These guys were bad, and they were bad for a while. But the one thing I'll take away from Genoa this season, it's always spring bacon, Genoa, baby. Yes. Riff-raff.
1: Riff-raff, that's right. They <laughs> have a beautiful stadium as well. you got to hand it to them. Yeah, Genoa, 16th place, 36 points, and now my favorite of the table, at least the second half. We've got Crouton Nation guys, Crotone. No, we're not talking about them in the relegation zone. We are talking about them right on the cusp of remaining in Syria in 17th place. Crotone. I'm just, there's too much to say. I'm emotional. I get, I get choked up about this. Croutons. Never been up in the Syria since Pythagoras walked the streets of Crotone and set up a school. Beginning of the season. Their story was one-goal losses in the 88th minute, breaking everyone's hearts. Who have yeah,
0: that's like every week. They're they're going down in like the 88th.
2: I would love to get a camera just watching Chris as he's typing up these notes. <laughs> it's exciting, man. But
1: uh, the beginning of their season, that they just they looked destined for Syria, B doomed as the orchestra leader at the Tonys trying to play off Bette Midler during her acceptance speech. It was that bad. But it all comes together for Crotoni in April. They figure out how to compete in the Serie A, and it's amazing. We got six wins wins in nine games. I'm not going to read through all of of them, but just they're up there with, like, the Napoli, as far as the statistics go, for April and May. They were fantastic.
0: If you want to know those final results, you can read Chris Chris Ross's forearm tattoo.
1: That's right. Yes, exactly. Enshrined forever on my forearm. Uh, I'm still looking for a reasonably, reasonably priced jersey out there. So for all the Podcast Paisani, suggestions are welcome. I've looked on eBay. I've looked on Soccer.com. I cannot find this jersey. I've, I've looked on their website. They don't seem to have a store. Uh, really looking Chris, forward to finding a like way. like
0: one, two places in the world you can buy a Crotone jersey. I'm
1: telling you, man. I think
0: you're trying to back out of this. You promised.
1: Believe me. I am so eager to wear a Crotone jersey. I just can't find one. So Podcast Paisani, please help me out. Other big stories for Crotone, the hospital story. We had the Juve fan faking an illness just to watch the game down in Crotone. And we got Davide Nicola riding his bike back up to Turin because his squad played for him so well that he promised if they stay in Serie A, he'll ride his bike to Torino. That is happening.
0: Yeah, he's doing it right now. yeah. Yeah, that's right. There are very few times that niche Italian soccer teams warm people's hearts. And this is one of those. A heartwarming tale of Crotone's final march to stay up in Serie A.
2: The
1: Quotons. Love it. Enjoying it. They were certainly a highlight of this podcast for me. Looking forward to covering them again next season in Serie A. With Chris, that, do you,
0: you think they're going to stay up next year? Well, give us a Crotone prediction.
1: I'm on the bandwagon. That's right. They're they gotta staying be up. better.
0: They proved they can be better than three teams in Italy. That's right. Falcinelli, I... man, the guy looks like a twenties uh, uh, airline pilot. You know, like he looks like a a fighter pilot from you know good old WW1 or something like that.
1: That's right. And I'm hearing Ibrahimovic is coming down to Crotone, So. No. The, the future is bright. No, I haven't oh, you seen got that. Me. I got you. Yeah. Got you. Good. So, with that in mind, we've got all the teams that are going to be up again next season. We're going to run through the teams that have been relegated very quickly, starting with Empoli, who ba, just ba, collapsed.
2: Hold on, hold on. The on.
0: Last one for you, Richard.
1: More than danger, this is just Syria B, here we come. We've got Empoli up first with an epic collapse. Tad, take it away.
0: Yeah, dude, this season is the collapse. They blew a nine-point safety in the last nine games. I mean, let's be honest, from the beginning of the season, do we we ripped on these guys pretty hard. They were one of our favorites for relegation. They never went above 16th place, and it all came down to, they all they had to do was draw and they lost on the final day 2-1 to an already relegated Palermo.
2: That's that's deserving of of yeah, relegation. Do not pass code. If I've ever seen it.
0: Do not collect 200 euro. <laughs> Just go straight down to to, to Sadia B. I mean they they had only one good player, Trenchfoot. Skrzypski. Big, Big Mac. Big Mac, come on, son.
2: I, I know you it.
0: like him. I but, keep saying it. But he played he played like a thousand minutes. You know, their only good player was Trenchfoot. He had 10 clean sheets. I mean, they have no star power. Their other notable players are El Kaduri who came over in January. And be it played pretty well, but your best player cannot be El Kaduri, Field player, Krunic, Levan, Mikrilic, Lice, Mikides. And then, speaking of Mikides, Big Mac. So those are other notable players. And Big Mac has been a star in the past. He's 38. He scored five goals in the league. So you look at this team. They can't score. They have nobody that's that's really that good. They were shut out in 20 of 38 games. Guys, Eden Jecko himself scored more goals than Empoli this season.
1: I find that impressive. Hey, Chris is impressed by uh,
0: by Eden Jecko. making up for saying the L word.
1: That's right. Yeah, that's right. Uh so there you go. We got Empoli <laughs> finished. I'm still amazed by this. 18th place, 32 points, relegated on the final day of the season. I'm sorry to say I'm just not going to miss them. Up next, we've got Palermo, a team that I will miss, representing Sicily here. They are... The the big storylines for them have, have got to be the team sales. Zamperini, almost sold to American, and then kind of sold to American in, in Baccalini. Who saw that coming? Because Baccalini is a character that I am certainly going to miss... Tattooed from head to toe, including the crest of the Palermo team that he just bought, the Serie B Palermo team. Uh, The story is uh, ownership and tattoos. That has been Palermo season.
0: Yeah, I'm going to miss saying Chochev and Chonek.
1: Yeah. Nestorovsky was a highlight a little bit. He had some pretty good goals, but... Other than that, guys, cabbage. I, I, yeah, I, there's not much to say. I do hope Sicily gets represented in the Hot near future.
2: Steaming garbage. Yeah,
0: I mean, I, I was off this team once they uh, once they sold ham and cheese quaison
1: quaison That's right. Well, forza Sicilia. Hope you come back. But that's about it for Palermo. They finished with 26 points on the season. And then finally, Pescara, Marco's favorite, finished 20 points. 20th place
2: with 18 points on the season. Chum of the chum. Uh, You know, really going to miss Pescara because, well, I I have to... First, let's get through a quick summary of the season. Um, You know, just really terrible all the way through. Uh, Had a couple players that kind of got us excited. Ben Ali, Memusha, Caprari, Bajebek. And Cherry. Cherry, I mean that b- big old dude. Um, you know the the Dolphins. We were we got hyped in the beginning of the season because they were, they were like kind of like uh, Aquilani. <laughs> yeah, they were get, You know they were. We had Chris. He had water blowing out his blowhole. There was the the coach who you know wasn't really getting results, but he was good to us. You know he had decent social media presence. Uh, just had these worried eyes all the time. I feel bad saying it, but it kind of cracked me up.
0: Yeah, Massimo uh, Odo, man. Come back.
2: They try to they try to save the season by bringing in Zeman, but you know what do they expect? Zelandia's style relies on having a team that can score way more goals than it concedes, and they did not have that. They try to bring in some old heads like Muntari and, and Girardino, but... Really, the question of the season is, you know, where the hell did Ray Ray go? (laughs) I I, I swear to God, I'm I'm looking for Nicki Minaj's long lost cousin for hours on the internet, like a bounty hunter. (laughs) I'm like, you know, I'm like researching more than like the the reporters looking into the underwoods in House of Cards. (laughs) Uh, But after some intense googling, I found out that. Ray Ray, he got into a little spat with Massimo Aldo, and Massimo Spaldo Aldo basically had uh, the the organization, you know, basically cut his loan from Inter, and he ended up going out to uh, Pisa. So or P Pisa. It's okay. We understood what you meant. It's Marco. hard to say when you like don't have like an accent. Like on Like a
0: piece of pizza.
2: Pisa, I've heard of it. Guys, I just <laughs> want to say, you know.
0: That's what happened to him.
2: As we watch the Dolphins swimming away into the golden sun, I would personally like to thank Piscata. Thank you, Delfini, for the solid end of the podcast, bass sessions and endless laughs, and good luck, in Incidia B. I
0: think, you know, they were so bad this year. We we have we can't we can't even call them Piscara anymore. They gotta be like Pescara. Like we have to mispronounce their name. <laughs> Ray Ray, they ended up shipping him off to Pisa. Yeah. My God. Chum of the chum. Chum of the Chum. He's
1: young. Yeah, and
2: he's, he was their best player. He's a young chum.
1: Well, that'll do it, guys. Congratulations to us. We just finished the Serie A table with Pescara. finished 18 points on the season. That's just embarrassing. But they'll be in Serie B, so if you're a Tifosi of them, enjoy it down in Serie B. That'll do it for the 2016-2017 teams, guys. It's been a blast. It really has been.
0: I've already got my promoted team picked out next year. Which Just is? Just
1: to let you know. You
0: should, should, I, should, sure. should I do it now? Go ahead. Stop the press. Benevento.
1: Benevento. Okay.
0: Benevento has ancient Roman history to them. <laughs> In and Italy? That will, that, will, that will be explained <laughs> All right. When, when we preview them next year.
1: All right. The challengers to Crotone's title. We shall see. So, ho- so
0: hold on to your hats, Curve Americans, and... In eight weeks, I'm going to hit you with that ancient Roman knowledge about Benevento.
1: That's right. We will uh, do that in a couple weeks. But as Tad said, we're going to take a little break here. We're going to take the summer off. That doesn't mean we won't be releasing some podcasts. We're going to start try and do some special interviews here and there. Be a bit more sporadic than uh, covering the league uh, week in and week out. So be on the lookout for that stuff. We will have social media uh, present. Again, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all at Curve America, all one word. Uh, So please follow us, Fabio at CurveAmerica.com. We really would like to hear, you know, your thoughts on the season, what you liked, what you didn't like. Um, Definitely want to hear from you guys.
0: Spread the word, spread the word, guys. Let's uh, grow that Curve American army. Subscribe, rate, comment, tell your friends, take your friends' phones, subscribe to Curve America.
1: Very good. Last thing we just want to mention, uh, the International Cup of Champions, we're definitely going to be involved with the Serie A teams across the United States as they come here. That means Roma and Juventus. We'll be going to the Roma games in some capacity, and we're definitely going to have a big event for the Juve-Roma game up in Boston July 29th and 30th. That whole weekend, we're hoping to have some events. Hope you can come out and join us, and if you are, please let us know in advance so we can uh, kind of work on getting, getting a plan together. I think that's it, guys. We just want to thank everybody for listening. Well, we want to grow Syria here with your help. Uh we're gonna do that. And we we've already said, we hope you rate and comment, reach out to us what you think about the show, how we can continue to expand. And I think until next season o- over
0: under Marco on Chris Ross actually buying a Crotona jersey.
2: I am giving him the over.
0: Yeah yes yeah I'm gonna go under on this, this one this
2: is absolutely
1: happening I just I'm shocked that a Serie A team does not have a store on their website I'm you can't shocked you can find it I please tell me did you find it
0: oh, I found tons of them
1: tons of them Yeah, that's right if I you, got
0: three on the way
1: if you find it please send them my way anyone out there please find it until then and until I get my first Cretonne jersey ragazzi we say
0: thanks for listening Curve Americans it's been a blast arrivederci
1: ciao 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 ciao, ciao.